This episode of the Ageless and Awesome podcast is sponsored by the Radiant Reset Hormone Detox Guide for Perimenopausal Women. As a woman in the modern world, our hormones are taking a battering. They're impacted by the food we eat, the toxins we're exposed to, such as when we eat out of plastic takeaway containers, or even worse, reheat food in them. Please don't do this. If you're handling FPOS receipts, filling the car with fuel, eating non-organic produce that hasn't been washed effectively, plus so much more things add to our toxic load every day. Even though our bodies are designed to effectively manage toxins, they haven't evolved as quickly as our toxic world has, unfortunately. So our body does need support. Symptoms such as stubborn weight gain, fatigue, disrupted periods, irritability, and gut health issues can be a sign that you'd benefit from a gentle detox. And that's why I developed the Radiant Reset Hormone Detox Guide for Perimenopausal Women. This free guide has an abundance of information to get you started on your very own DIY detox. And if you'd like to upgrade to VIP, it's only $47 for a limited time. I used to sell this program for $247. The upgrade gives you the recipes, including plenty of uh, plant-based options, the meal planner, the shopping list template, the video workshop, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more now. Take care of your hormones. They are a critical part of your health as a woman. Hi, I'm Susie Garden, naturopath and nutritionist, yoga and meditation instructor. Welcome to the Wellness Glow podcast for women who want inspiring and practical solutions to feel abundant energy and vitality on the inside and look radiantly healthy on the outside. Each week, I talk all things gut health and mind-body connection. If you want to find out more about me, check me out at susiegarden.com. Welcome to the show. This week, I want to talk about a topic really close to my heart, and that is insomnia, sleeplessness, its relationship to weight gain, because it's a really, really big problem in our society. And it's something that I myself has struggled with over the years, and I've learned to manage it really very, very well. You may have noticed on your Facebook feed loads of ads for things like weighted blankets, uh, weighted face masks and sleep masks and things like this. And that's because it's becoming a massive problem in our society. And did you know that 30% of adults get less than six? Six hours of sleep per night. It affects women more than men. It affects older people more than young people. And I guess looking at a definition of insomnia, it's actually categorized into acute and chronic. So acute can be maybe one night or maybe a few nights where the sleep is disrupted. But chronic insomnia is three nights a week of sleep disruption for three months. And sleep disruption can be difficulty initiating sleep. So that's difficulty getting to sleep to start with. And also many people can get to sleep okay, but then they're doing that dreaded wake up between kind of two and three o'clock and finding it really hard to get back to sleep from there. And that can be incredibly frustrating. It's further categorized into primary insomnia where there's no other health problems. Uh, And that can be where stress can be an influence. So stress related to life events such as relationship breakdown 
or uh, death in the family or something like that. It can also be uh, sensitivity to light when the room is not dark enough. Uh, it's really difficult to sleep. Uh, temperature, if it's too cold or too hot, if there's noise, uh, if there's jet lag, if you've moved house, if you're a shift worker, like there's so many factors that go into getting a good night's sleep. And then there can be secondary causes of insomnia and that's where pain may be a factor and gosh, I could do a whole other podcast on pain and pain management because that's a huge problem for us uh, in our Western society. Also, menopause is a cause of secondary insomnia because of the hormonal changes going on. Depression and anxiety are well known to cause sleeplessness. Uh, certain medications can be quite stimulating. Uh, lots of coffee drinking, alcohol, hyperthyroidism. So when your thyroid gland is overactive, restless legs, uh, sleep apnea. So, so many things can affect our sleep. And I'm just really scratching the surface with all of those causes, just because there are so, so many. And of course, we're all different. Different things will affect us. But um, I wanted to talk a little bit about sleep and weight, because there's been quite a lot of research done on the fact that people that sleep less seem to weigh more. And in fact, a regular sleep duration of less than 7.7 hours. So, you know, that's only just under eight hours. And I reckon most people, if I did a survey right now, most of you are probably getting, you know, less than seven hours, less than seven and a half hours of sleep a night. And you probably don't think anything of it because you think, well, it's almost eight, right? But in fact, the research tells us if you get less than 7.7 hours, then that's associated with an increased BMI or body mass index. And there are some actual uh, scientific reasons for this. They're not theories that we know this for sure. Because when we sleep, the body's just not completely at rest, right? There's lots and lots of activity going on and particularly in relation to building hormones. And hormones are really, really important when it comes to mood, when it comes to um, balancing our appetite. We have a couple of hormones in particular that have been studied in relation to increased BMI and decreased sleep. And if you may, if you're a regular listener, you may remember that I did some podcasts at the beginning of the year about weight management. And uh, I broke down some of the hormones involved in weight management, and two of those are impacted by sleep. And that's leptin. So leptin is a hormone that decreases your appetite, and ghrelin is an, a hormone that increases your appetite. And a number of studies have found that when people get less than 7.7 hours of sleep, you, it actually will affect the production of these hormones. So people get less leptin, so they have less of that appetite suppressing hormone, and also they get increased ghrelin. And that means you're getting increased of the 
a hormone that increases your appetite. So it's kind of like this double-edged sword of you're getting um, hormones that are going to make you feel hungrier. And so the overall effect is people that have less than 7.7 hours sleep are hungrier and you're, you're driven to eat more. Plus, there's another hormone as well, or it's actually a lipid in the blood, and it's called endocannabinoid. Now, that might sound a little bit familiar, cannabinoid, cannabis. Uh, If any of you are familiar with marijuana, uh, you may know that that increases your hunger for certain foods. And I think we've probably all heard of the term, the munchies. And it's actually a physiological thing. It's when um, people smoke marijuana, it stimulates this uh, lipid called endocannabinoid. A lipid is just a fat endocannabinoid in the blood. And that makes eating more enjoyable. But it also increases hunger for specific foods, of course. It's not the good foods that you want to eat. It is things like biscuits, it's lollies, it's chips. I'm sure it's kebabs and things like that as well. So you've got this whole storm of hormones making you want to eat more. And the studies have shown that people who don't get enough sleep eat twice as much fat and more than 300 extra calories the next day compared to people that have had eight hours sleep. And that's really, really important. It's really, really relevant, particularly as we know we have a real problem with, gosh, so many things at the moment, obesity, um, anxiety and stress, which can lead to less sleep, sleeplessness generally. And so this is a big problem and it's not something that's going to go away unless we actually do something about it. I personally um, have had insomnia on and off for quite some time, mostly related to stress, particularly in my corporate role. When I was traveling a lot, I was in different time zones and I wasn't eating great food and that ended up with a lot of sleeplessness and insomnia. And uh, even, you know, more recently, I go through bouts of insomnia. I recently moved house and there's quite a lot of light in uh, our bedroom now. And so I'm now wearing a sleep mask every night. And the difference it has made is incredible. So essentially to test this out for yourself, next time you're in bed at night, open your eyes once all the lights are off. If you can make out objects in your room, essentially that means there's too much light in your room. So if you're having issues with sleep, a sleep mask or improving the the curtaining or whatever of the windows in your room could make a huge difference. I know for me, Starting, I've started wearing a sleep mask, I don't know, only in the last maybe two months or so. It's made a massive difference. And there's two things that go on here. There's the blocking of the light, but there's also the pressure on your the bones around your eyes. Having some pressure on those bones does actually help uh, stimulate your parasympathetic nervous system. So that's your rest and digest nervous system. So that will help you sleep. So there's a two pronged effect there. For any of you that uh, use like a relaxing, uh, you know, I call them a sleep mask that's like a weighted sleep mask that you might use 
uh, for shavasana. If you do yoga, you might use it just as a relaxing thing. So it's not one of those sleep masks that you tie around your head. It's one that just sits on top of the eyes, but it's got like wheat in it or something to uh, give some weight. And it's relaxing because of the fact that it's putting weight on those bones. So using a sleep mask is huge. Also using a weighted blanket. Uh, as I mentioned before, lots of people are seeing those ads. They're awesome. Using a weighted blanket, again, it helps to um, stimulate production of certain uh, neurotransmitters, dopamine being one of them. And it helps. It's essentially like getting a big hug and getting a big hug all during the night helps to um, produce brain chemicals that make you sleep better. So if you're really struggling with sleep, those two things alone will make an enormous difference. But any of you that have worked with me know that a sleep routine is really important and it doesn't really matter. I mean, it does matter what it is, but there's elements of it that that don't matter so much. So it definitely reducing your screen time in the lead up to going to bed. Uh, Different sources say even up to two hours and a lot of people really, really struggle with not looking at their phones for two hours before going to bed. But if you're having sleep issues, this is a really important thing to do to try and reduce the exposure to, yes, the blue light. I think we all know about the blue light and you can get blue light glasses. I know my my reading glasses have blue light filters on them to help. But there's also just the stimulation, like there's nothing worse than just before you're about to go to bed, you just check your emails again. And then there's something come through, for example, for work and you think, oh, that's something I need to deal with. And then your mind starts going, right? So it's not just about the blue light. It's about that stimulation. And whether that's an email from work, whether it's a text message from a friend, whether it's uh, something that you've seen on Facebook or Instagram or something like that, that's going to start stimulating the mind, that's going to make it difficult to sleep. So whatever you can do to avoid screens, do that. Um, I know quite a few people that actually turn their Wi-Fi off at night to stop their kids uh, being in bed overnight and getting on their social media or gaming or whatever it is that they're doing that's keeping them up all night. Because remember, Kids really, really need their sleep as well. They, their brains are still developing. Their brain chemical levels are really affected by screen time. We know that for sure. We don't know what the long-term effect of that is. So it's really important to try and reduce exposure to screens, if at all possible, at night and during the night. So using things as simple as lavender oil, there's a whole bunch of new research that's come out with lavender oil and the, the specific phytochemicals or plant chemicals in lavender oil uh, related to anxiety. There's some really good data in uh, anxiety reduction and also in improving sleep. So you can either burn it, you can have a bath or a shower using lavender oil products, making sure it's the lavender oil and not like a lavender scent. It does need to be the essential oil so that you're getting that particular chemical. There are also even some uh, herbal sleeping aids that have lavender oil in them now that have come out this year on the back of uh, some of this new research. So I really encourage you, if you are having struggles with sleep, 
try a whole bunch of uh, different things to help, but also you may just need a little bit of retraining of your uh, sleep pattern and sometimes taking for a short period of time uh, a, a nice relaxing herbal uh, supplement can be very, very helpful. And including something even like magnesium is incredibly um, relaxing for the nervous system, but also physically for the muscles. So lavender oil and magnesium are some really good options. Uh, making sure you've had good protein in your meal at night. You need certain building blocks of nutrition to build your serotonin and serotonin is a building block for your melatonin so you do need to have good protein tryptophan specifically for that neurotransmitter but if you just have a good protein uh, filled meal at night that will help tremendously uh, using herbal teas we all know about chamomile tea of course but even some like lemon balm passion flower, going into your health food store or seeing uh, a herbalist to get a really relaxing, sleep-promoting uh, herbal tea can be very, very nice. And just even the ritual of making that cup of tea and sitting and drinking it can be really lovely. Deep breathing is also excellent way to elicit your parasympathetic nervous system, your rest and digest nervous system. Just, it takes up to 10 minutes for that to work, but it will work. Uh, meditation, of course, you know, if it's me, it's going to be uh, a meditation-based solution. And yoga nidra or yoga sleep is the loose translation, is an awesome way to help relax the body and get off to sleep. And you can find yoga nidra meditations uh, in particular apps. You can have a look at Insight Timer and just put Yoga Nidra in the search function. I do have a Yoga Nidra download. So if you want to DM me on my Instagram or Facebook at Susie Garden Wellness, I will email that to you. Uh, and there's like so many other things you can do to have a little sleep routine before going to bed. But the main thing is that you're doing it every night and it is actually a routine because like any training, you need to do it regularly for the body and the brain to just, you know, realize, ah, oh, it's time to go to sleep now. Oh, this is happening. Oh, it means we're going to sleep soon. And just even things like dimming the lights because our melatonin production is stimulated by low light. Of course, if you think about us being cave people, you know, when the light went, when the sun went down, the light goes off essentially, unless until they got fire. But even then it, it's nice and low light and that helps that production of melatonin. So I know for me, once I've had dinner, all of the overhead lights go off and I've only got lamp lights or candles on to make sure that the light is nice and low to help the stimulation of melatonin. And there's lots of evidence around diet. And I know for, as many of you know, I work with Metabolic Balance, which is an incredible personalized nutrition program. And the side effect of it is, is weight loss, which is great, but it's all focused around low glycemic index foods, so low GI foods. And we know that low GI foods will actually help promote sleep as well. And loads of my clients say to me, I'm sleeping so much better, even after just a week on Metabolic Balance. So that, that works really well. 
So I guess my key take homes from today's podcast is sleep is super important. Do not ignore, like I did, do not ignore the uh, ramifications of not getting enough sleep. Really notice if you're having a few nights in a row if you're, and you're not sleeping well, really start to think, well, what's going on here? This is not normal. It's not healthy. And you need to do something about it. And you can do things that will change this for you very, very quickly. And if you need any assistance with this, please let me know. Please DM me. Um, I'm more than happy to work with you to help you get improved sleep because I know from my own personal experience how challenging this can be because we need to find the underlying cause and also, also how easy it can be once we do have the underlying cause to fix it. And let's face it, we all need as much sleep as we can get because we've got so much going on in the world right now that's anxiety inducing, stress inducing. We know that um, that has other impacts on our body in terms of our health. So if we can at least get the sleep sorted out, it makes it so, so much easier for other things to fall into place. So I hope this has been helpful. Uh, If you've enjoyed this content, please head over and Write me a review. I would love that. I would love to know that uh, what I'm doing is useful. And subscribe to The Wellness Glow so that you never miss an episode. Thanks so much for joining me on The Wellness Glow. I loved having you here. See you again next week. Until then, take care and be well.